On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Here we are, week two of the highly anticipated, massive two-week birthday bash, celebrating five years. Pony, are you ready? I am ready. You might be wondering why we're doing two weeks, and that's because, as normal, we couldn't agree on anything. We had two ideas, figured we'd do them both to keep each other happy. It is time to stop pointing fingers. Finger pointing gets us nowhere, Steve. Well, that and the fact that, come on, five years, that's a pretty big milestone. It's not like it's year one or year, well, year one was pretty epic, but year two, year three, I mean, five years is a milestone year for us. And and I think it's uh, fun to do two weeks, but you're right. We had some good ideas. All of them were your ideas, but I was like, yeah, I like them all. So, so you're getting two weeks that celebrate our fifth year as a podcast. And of course, we're celebrating the number five to go along with that fifth year, right? Yeah. So what we decided to do today is pick five songs from our high school graduating year that also happened to be the fifth track on the album we chose. So it's five songs that are the fifth track. That's not bad. No, there you go. And if you missed last week, go back and check out the When Rock Ruled the Charts episode where we looked at 555, May 5th, 2005. That was the what the charts were from. That was a good episode and a fun episode. This week, like Sonny said, five songs 
the fifth track on the album that was released during our particular graduation years. For me, it's 1984. For Pooney, it's what? 2005? Yeah. 1986. Yours is more like 1954. So we're going to get all Elvis songs today. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's all Motown or it's all uh, what Beach Boys, whatever was around in 54 Sinatra. I don't know. I don't even know what was around in 54. (laughs) But like all episodes, before we do that, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight comes to us from one of my favorite newer bands, Thunder Mother. Love Thunder Mother. They've got a new album coming out called Black and Gold that will be released, well, pretty much pretty soon as you hear this episode. It's coming out August 19th of this year, so that should be any day now. And we are going to play one of the first singles that they released off this record. This is a song called I Don't Know You.
So I was thrown a little. I'm like, is that live? Is that the crowd I hear? And I think, I don't know if it was live or they piped in the crowd. Not too sure. Normally, you with Thunder Mother, you get very ACDC. It kind of started there, but then it got really catchy after that. Yeah. And it's a well-written song. So it's not all ACDC, even though it kind of starts there. They're getting really good at songwriting as they progress with each album, in my personal opinion. They just released a song that was just sort of a bluesy tune, but oh my God, does it showcase Guernica's voice. Man, she can sing. And their records just are becoming a mixture of just raw balls out rock, a little bit of mixture of the ACDC groove in there, and just some well-written, catchy pop melodies that are mixed in with it. I'm really excited to see where this record goes. I've heard three singles off this record so far. I like them all. I think this record's going to be another good one, just like Heatwave was pretty good. Heatwave ended up on your top 10 and just missed my top 10 when it came out, I guess, uh, in 2020. I think. So yeah, I'm excited for Black and Gold, the latest from Thunder Mother, which is released on August 19th, 2022. Okay. So for the main topic, like we said, five songs from our graduating year, fifth track off that album. I had 11 songs that had a shot. Two were super close. And I mean, 11 additional ones after the five I had picked. Like I was kind of Really going through it hard because it was some good music in 1986. So we're going to go with your first two picks, but tell us how you kind of came about it because some of these songs, I'm not going to lie, some of your songs are shit. (laughs) Of course, I knew that that's how I come out. I always pick songs that I know Sonny's going to hate just because it's fun. I had three or four songs that Sonny would hate that didn't make my list. So the way that I approached it, I had probably... Man, I had probably 20 songs that could have made my list. And the way that I approached it was twofold. One, I wanted to showcase some records that were important to me during my graduation years. So some records that I listened to quite a bit during 1984. The other thing that I try to do is I sometimes try to focus on bands or songs that we don't always play on the podcast. I could have probably done a little bit better job at that, but in the end, the records that were important to me sort of overran the stuff that we don't always play or bands we don't always focus on this podcast. So that's kind of how I approached it. All right. So go with your five and four. All right. So starting with my five and four, my number five, and this is really in no particular order. This isn't how I like, whether I like it best or not. I just picked five songs basically. But my fifth song, or my first song, however you want to look at it, is from White Snake Slide It In. This was my first White Snake record, and I listened to this record like on autoplay constantly. And so the fifth song on White Snake Slide It In is Love Ain't No Stranger. Who knows where the cold wind blows? I ask my friend. Nobody knows Who am I to believe in love Oh, love ain't no stranger mm-hmm. I looked around, what did I see? Broken hearted people 
are staring at me All searching cause they still believe I love this song. I can't get enough of this song. No matter how many times I hear it, it starts out so slow and bluesy. And when it kicks in, it kicks in. John Sykes is all there. So I just absolutely love Love Ain't No Stranger by White Snake. My number four song, and I know this is a song that Sonny probably hates, is by the band Kickaxe from Canada. Off the Vices record, the fifth song on that record is a song called Maneater. Now, what I will say about this Kick-Axe record in going back and listening to it these days is that the production on it is horrible. I mean, compared to records that come out today, it's very reverby. It's very, hell, it almost comes up to like almost demo quality these days compared to some of the stuff that's coming out. So from that aspect, it's a little bit of a tough listen, but I listen to this record quite a bit killer record there's some great tunes on this kick-axe record man eaters a killer tune number four
So those are my first couple of songs, Sonny. Was I right? You love the Love Ain't No Stranger, you hate the Kick Axe. Dead on. <laughs> so Love Ain't No Stranger, White Snake Slided in, Desert Island album, for me anyway. One of the first albums I ever bought. This Kick Axe album. Goddamn writing the boys at Potter Than Hell. They're like, you got to listen to this album. Got it. So I had it because I had bought this album way back when because of the album cover. Yeah. And I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. Like, I, I am so glad this Maneater is not a Hall & Oates cover. Otherwise, I'd really be pissed. What the fuck is Sonny Pony? Oh, man. You just, I think it's the quality of the recording. I don't know. I like heavy metal shuffle. I love Maneater. I love On the Road to Rock. Alive and Kicking is another good one. It's just, this record's got a bunch of great stuff on it, in my opinion. Yuck. <laughs> All right, so going with my first two picks, um, the one I labeled at number five, Shot in the Dark, and no, it's not Ozzy. It's Great White. So where's Great White at this point? They're coming off their first album that was independently released. They got a chance to tour with Whitesnake, Judas Priest, Kiss. Get off the road in 85, go back to the studio, record the second album. Obviously, by this time, they hadn't had a song that hit mainstream yet, so there's no chart success. But the single off this album was Face the Date, which is actually a great song. But when you listen to this track, Shot in the Dark, it is dead on, once bitten, twice shy type music that absolutely makes their bones in the late 80s. It's just a little bit rawer and a little bit more simple. It didn't feel like it had the polish yet. And the bluesy feel doesn't quite come out yet, but the song is there. And this full album actually was on the Billboard 200. It topped out at number 82. So Shot in the Dark by Great White. And then my number four pick 
And I know I take a lot of shots at Ingve, and honestly, he deserves it with all those fucking cabinets he's got, and he's the only one on stage, and now he's doing most of the singing and blah, blah, blah. But back in the day, in my graduation year in 1986, he released Trilogy, and I absolutely love that album. If it wasn't for the two instrumentals that are kind of meh on that album, the songs are actually great. So his third studio album releases November of my graduation year, and the fifth track on that album is Fury. The single was You Don't Remember, I'll Never Forget. It didn't exactly burn up the charts. The full album, though, got all the way to the top 50 at number 44 on the Billboard 200. Fury is a song that's a little more faster paced. The guitar solo is absolutely amazing. Andres Johansson does a great job keeping up on the drums. Mark Bowles is stellar on the vocals. There's not much of a chorus. This kind of time frame of the neoclassical Dungeons and Dragons stuff, Dio and Ingve, even Ozzy, they didn't have like the biggest Def Leppard type choruses to their songs. So the chorus is a little meh, but the rest of the song is awesome. What do you think about these two songs? Well, so let's start with Shot in the Dark by Great White. Great White is a band that, I mean, I came in on their first album and I really loved them because they were a true heavy metal band, but then they sort of 
diverted and became this blues rock band as time went on. I remember hating the record Shot in the Dark when it first came out. I went back and listened to it uh, recently. It's got some good stuff on it. I've softened my, my stance on this record a little bit. This is the record that had Face the Day. I think that's the only song I knew off this record. And, you know, it's okay. It's not a bad record. There's some good stuff on it. Fury by Yngwie. Why we give this guy the time of day anymore is beyond me. This guy, I don't know. So Trilogy, I don't remember. You'll never forget. It's one of my favorite Ingve songs. I really like that because it's an actual song. To say that the solo in Fury is great is kind of dumb anytime that we say that about an Ingve record, isn't it? Shouldn't that be like, we already know that it's good. It's a solo and it's Yngwie. So uh, we already know that it's good. I don't know. It's okay. It's not one of my favorite songs on this record, but it's definitely okay. And as a whole, the trilogy record, I don't mind that much. I liked Yngwie at this point in time still. You got to love, I don't mind that much type records. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's always that. But, you know, Igbe just, I just have such a bad taste in my mouth for Igbe. He's just such a dunce, this guy. I don't know. But anyway, look, Trilogy, like I said, I still liked Igbe at the point that Trilogy came out. And I said it. Uh, you don't remember, I'll never forget. It's one of my favorite Igbe songs. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. So we'll take a break from the podcast to once again, like last week, thank you guys for five great years. Thanks to everybody that's been here along the way. Thanks to everybody that's a new listener. Thanks to the old listeners. We appreciate it. And next year, you know, something exciting is happening next year because we're celebrating our three hundredth episode sometime next year, Sonny. Did you know that? I did because I can do math. I'm surprised you knew that. Yeah, I know. I, it took a calculator and uh, my shoes off. But look, I came up with the fact that that's going to happen sometime next year. I think maybe February, March time frame. No, April 1st, actually, I think is the time frame for that 300th episode. So April Fool's 300 episodes. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, if you guys want to help out the podcast and we provided you a little bit of entertainment along the way in these five years, you can always do that by simply leaving us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or at Podchaser. Just scroll down on your phone, hit the link, and go leave us a five-star review and tell everybody that you love us and why you love us. And that gets the name out there. So that is my public service announcement for this birthday episode. Once again, we appreciate you guys listening. Now back to our regular scheduled programming. So here I am, and it's time for my three and two. At number three, I could not deny the fact that Out of the Cellar was released in 1984. I'm a huge rat fan. I get it. They're a train wreck. I get it. Piercy's not the greatest singer live. I get all that. But on record, I love rat records, except for collage. I'm not a huge fan of that record. But the rest of the stuff I like. And Out of the Cellar is a Desert Island record for me. And I wore this cassette out. So, a song that we don't play that often, 
on this podcast, the number five track on Out of the Cellar, is She Wants Money. So that is my number three pick. Number two, Deep Purple is a band that I was not into in my early years. But when the band kind of came back together and put out Perfect Strangers in 1984, that was the record that drew me into the band and got me interested in the band. And then I went out and discovered some of the other stuff besides just Smoke on the Water. I think Perfect Strangers is a fantastic album. I absolutely love it. And the fifth track off of Perfect Strangers is the title track, Perfect Strangers. So Blackmore and Company on this record, fantastic. Love it.
So those are my three and two. And I'm willing to bet, Sonny Pooney, that you probably don't like either one of these tunes. And that would be incorrect. So I get another guess. If you like one of these two tunes, I'm betting that it's Perfect Strangers you like and she wants money you don't like. And that is also incorrect. <laughs> so five years, you ain't learn a goddamn thing. She Wants Money is classic rat. It's the only rat album I like. Yes, I get sick of Stephen Piercy's voice, but round and round, She Wants Money, that whole Out of the Cellar album, I tolerate it. And there's a few songs on the next couple of albums that I tolerate it, but Rat is not a top under band for me. But I do like that song and I do like that record. It's the Deep Purple thing I don't get. And I got to be honest with you, every time I listen to a Deep Purple song, I think I hate Deep Purple more. Like, I do not get this Perfect Strangers record. And anybody who I've heard talk about Deep Purple just oohs and ahs about this record. I didn't like one song on that record. I must be missing something. Yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, it's it really is a good record to me. And probably a lot of fans like it because, you know, they went away for so long. And then this was the first album that they put out, I think, when they came back together as a unit, uh, because I think this was the original version of Deep Purple, the Mach 1 version, right? It had Blackmore and Ian Gillian, Ian Pace and uh, Roger Glover and John Lord. To me, it's just got so many great songs on it. I love it. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. And I thought it was a Hammond organ, but reality is I can handle it when Coverdale's singing. So... I don't know. It's got to be something else. I don't know what it is. So my next two songs, the one that I had labeled as number three here, Once Around the Ride, Cinderella, Night Song. So we're at the first album. It was released right as I was graduating high school. Shake Me video was all over MTV every hour. And by the time Nobody's Fool hit, the band was just on literal fire. Like Bon Jovi tour didn't hurt. Guitar tone and melody on this song, Once Around the Ride, feels a little shout at the devil to me. But... Now that we know his name is Vince Meal, he couldn't pull it off either, right? There's no way. The guitar riffs are like Priest, and then you get all these guitar fills and basically soloing the whole time. Like, the song is great. The chorus, meh, but overall, um, the melody and all that is just awesome to me.
And then my number two today, which nobody's going to love, I get it, but Final Countdown by Europe is a Desert Island album for me. And the fifth track on there is Ninja. So after releasing two albums, they had some success, Europe did, in Sweden and Japan. Journey producer Kevin Nelson gets involved in the third album, and they released Final Countdown in May of 86. Album goes triple platinum, has a great set of singles. The title track, which did well on the Billboard 100, got the top 10. Rock the Night, which broke the top 50. Cherokee barely got on the chart, but it topped out at 72. And then the ballad carry put them over the top, got to number three. Could not get past, get these two songs. Lisa, Lisa and the Cult Jam, Lost in Emotion was number two. And then it had to compete with Here I Go Again, which just sucks, right? So they couldn't get to number one. Ninja is another great song. It just didn't make a single. Joey kills the vocal. It's great guitar solos. It's a simple riff. It's a little bit keyboard heavy, which is fine with me. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I really love this Europe album. My guess is you love one song, you tolerate the other. (laughs) That's pretty dead on. 
You want to take a guess at which is which? Oh, that's easy because once around the ride, you love Cinderella. So that's easy. Yeah. Once around the ride's a fantastic song off a perfect album, really. For me, I love night songs. I think it's a perfect album. Ninja by Europe. Okay. So let me first say, I like Europe. The final countdown, I absolutely hate that song. And for me, that was the first song I heard by Europe. So this album, I was kind of like, yeah, I hate that album because all I knew about it was the final countdown. Now going back to it, there are some songs that I like on it. I like Rock the Night, Cherokee's okay. There's a couple others on there that are all right as well. Ninja is okay for me, but what I will say is that John Norm on this song goes off. Man, John Norm is a super underrated guitar player. He is so freaking good. And I think he's on this record, right? Yeah, he is. And then he leaves after this to go solo. Yeah, he's been in and out of of Europe a few different times. But anyway, he goes off on this song and he's just a fantastic guitar player. So I do appreciate that about this song. The song I don't hate. It's it's okay. I mean, it's just kind of okay. It's not one of my favorite Europe songs by any stretch of the imagination, but definitely the guitar solo is worth the listen. So I guess that's uh, up to me to share my number one song my last song, I guess. We don't talk about Wasp enough on this podcast. I love Wasp. And for me, their debut album, which came out in 1984, I wore that cassette out too. Big time. B.A.D. is the fifth track on the Wasp debut record, which to me has so much great stuff on it. I absolutely love that first Wasp record. I saw the band open up for Iron Maiden on the Power Slave tour for this album, which had to be either in 1984 or 85. It had to be right in there because Power Slave came out in 84 as well. So B.A.D., Make Your Mom and Daddy Sad, Wasp.
So, Raw Blackie Lawless, I love it. Not the catchiest song on the planet, and I don't need help spelling bad, right? That, that's pretty easy, Blackie, but uh, I do love that record. It's not perfect to me, but uh, all of the songs just have this like raw grit that, man, mesh that with Blackie's voice, and it's just really good listen. They like to give lessons in spelling a lot, don't they? Yeah. Hello, <laughs> V-E, yeah. thanks. Yeah, and they've got something on the Electric uh, Circus album, too, that's like, uh, was it 911 something no, nasty? No, 95 nasty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they like to help with spelling that Blackie. He's a giving kind of guy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so my number one, I'm going to go with David Lee Roth, Eat Him and Smile. So that record came out. In the July of the year I graduated, it was his first full-length solo album. He had the EP before that. Just left Van Halen, obviously. Album's got 10 tracks. You got Steve Vai on guitar, Billy Sheehan on bass, Greg Bissonette on drums, David Lee Roth on vocals. You can't go wrong. The album got all the way to number four. It deserved it. It couldn't get past these three albums. Invisible Touch by Genesis was number three. That's a tough one. Top Gun soundtrack. It's 1986. It's the biggest movie on the planet with Tom Cruise. You ain't going to beat that. And then True Blue Madonna. Like, okay, it wasn't getting any higher than number four. Madonna was on a three-week run at number one. Okay, fine. Going Crazy, which is the fifth track. Fun video. It was a second single. It has this kind of like cool Calypso-type drum flavor thing in it. And the video is just so fun. And the song is fun. And I remember between that and Yankee Rose just absolutely made me fall in love with who Steve Vai is as a guitarist. And I've always liked him as one of my absolute favorites. You know what? The song topped out at 66. I'm not sure. It should have done a lot better. I love it.
I know you like that album, although it has some weird kitschy stuff on the album too, but this song's pretty good. Yeah, let me tell you, we talk uh, a lot about playlists uh, on this podcast, and I know that you have Vegas playlists that you put together every time you're going to Vegas with certain songs on it, sort of themed around gambling and Vegas and things like that. So when I go on vacation or I go on a cruise, I have vacation playlists that have a lot of what you would think sun and beach music and that kind of thing. I almost always have Going Crazy by David Lee Roth in that mix somewhere, because to me, that song is very, very sitting on the beach, very summertime. It feels good. It makes me smile. I love the song. Uh, It's one of my favorite songs on that record, as a matter of fact. It's just, like you said, a fun video, a fun song. Love that song. Yeah. Some of the ones that just missed for me, like 5150 came out that year, so I could have went with Summer Nights. Tesla came out that year. I could have went with Rock Me to the Top because we're looking at fifth tracks, right? Uh, Somewhere in Time came out that year. Loneliness of a Long Distance Runners gets a little bit long in the tooth, though, by Maiden. Master of Puppets came out that year, so I could have went with Disposable Heroes. Inside the Electra Circus, both of us could have had a Wasp song if we wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been Restless Gypsy, though, so the song's a little meh. Uh, I could have went with Wanted Dead or Alive, but you know everybody already knows Wanted Dead or Alive, but Slippery When Wet came out that year. I could have went with Honestly by To Hell With The Devil. I just didn't want to do a ballad by Striper. So, you know, you just kind of listen to those some of those albums that came out in my graduating year. I mean, those are some of the albums that our friend circle and our listeners, I mean, they absolutely love those albums. Same for me. 1984, there were tons of great records. I mean, this is the this is really kind of the highlight of, you know, hard rock and metal music is really coming of age in 1984. Some of the records that came out for me that were important that just missed my list, the debut album from Black and Blue, Wicked Bitch would have been the fifth tune on that record. Love that song. Dawkins, Tooth and Nail, Don't Close Your Eyes, which Sonny hates, but that's like one of my favorite songs on that record. I love that song. Dio's Last in Line, One Night in the City would have been the fifth song on that particular album. Love that album. Uh, here's an important record to me, which Sonny is met on, but uh, Helix, uh, Walking the Razor's Edge, When the Hammer Falls, is the fifth song on that. And I really like that song a lot. Defenders of the Faith, Judas Priest, Love Bites is the fifth song on that. Here's a big one that both Sonny and I will agree upon. The Scorpions, Love at First Sting, Same Thrill is the fifth song on that. Great song. Triumph, Seven Thunders. There's a song called Time Goes By, which is the fifth track on that. It's a great tune by them. Y&T put out in Rock We Trust, Break Out Tonight is the fifth song on that one. Of course, Van Halen's 1984, Drop Dead Legs is the fifth song on that one. And then Autograph released Sign In Please, and there's a song called Deep End, which is the fifth song on that record. That's not a bad tune by Autograph. So just tons and tons of stuff. And shoot, half of it I didn't even mention. That's just some of the highlights. Yeah, you start looking at the albums that were released between 83 and 89 in the music that we love. There's tons Mm -hmm. of albums. Mm -hmm. And I mean, hell, we've done a five-year-long podcast on it, and we haven't even scratched the surface on some of those years and some of those albums and some of those bands. So it's amazing how much material came out in those six, seven years. That's it. All right, so let's connect it to Kiss. You wanted the best, and you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss! 
It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So it's 1986, so I picked my year. I guess I could have went 1984. We could have went with something animalized, but I decided to stick with 86, and Kiss doesn't have an album out right now. So we're going to go with Vinnie Vincent Invasion. <laughs> you know, so before the billy, 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 billy that we listened to a couple of months ago or before Steven got kicked out of the concert, <laughs> you know, there was actually a Vinnie Vincent Invasion. And so Vinnie leaves in 84, puts together a band, drives his drummer absolutely nuts. If you want to read Bobby Rock's book, he'll tell you all about it. And then finally in the summer of 86, he puts out his first album called Invasion. Boys Are Gonna Rock did okay on MTV, but the album didn't really sell that great. And knowing Vinny's history, I'm sure Chrysalis were even sorry to sign the guy. Now, that all being said, I'm a fan of the album, and it does have a history with me. Twisted is the fifth track. The first 28 seconds are kind of a waste, but when the song kicks in, it's actually pretty good. So here's Robert Fleischman on vocals, Dana Strum on bass, Bobby Rock on drums, and Vinny Vincent on guitar with Twisted, Twisted, Twisted.
So I don't know if that's the title of the song or just a synopsis of his mentality. <laughs> I, I'm not sure at this point. I really don't know. I actually like that song off that record. And as a, as a whole, I like both of the uh, events and invasion records. You know, he's, he's just, yeah. Anyway, I'm not, <laughs> there's nothing really, else. Really, 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 we should do that 15 minutes. So the next 15 minutes is just going to be billy, 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 billy. I'm just kidding. There's nothing I can say that hasn't already been said other than the fact for our 10th birthday, Sonny and I are going to rent a parking lot and stand on top of a tank with no drummer and play songs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's it. That's all I could think of, but you know, whatever. So, <laughs> so five long years <laughs> and that's five i've lived in four different places those five years right so it's five long years i have recorded this in basements <laughs> i have recorded in hotel rooms i've done two in a car yeah i've been all over the place doing this podcast and i'll tell you i wouldn't have it any other way it is absolutely been great for me to have a release where i can talk music with friends i don't have that in other parts of my life yeah, ditto for me as well. It's been a great five years. One of the things I think I'm most proud of, well, there's two things I'm most proud of. One is all the fantastic friendships that I've made, you know, throughout the podcasting community, people that I talk to on the regular and text with on the regular each week, people I've gone on vacation with. That's been absolutely incredible. Being able to talk about music, being able to discover all these new bands and all this new music and seek out things that I missed and learn about things that I had no idea about. And just all of that has been fantastic. I'm also very proud that in five years, we've never, ever missed releasing an episode ever, every week consistently for five years. And to me, that's incredible. Because we all know life happens, right? I mean, there, there's no doubt that life happens. And some of the podcasts that we've started out with are no longer podcasts. And some of the podcasts we've started out with, you know, are releasing less episodes than they started releasing. And, you know, you do what you got to do. But I'm very proud of the fact that we haven't missed an episode in five years. Yeah, for all the shots I take at you. Uh, whether it's on the podcast or on the text group or just in person in general, I'll tell you two things that you got down. One is scheduling. For all the stuff that we do outside our podcast lives, which, whether that's family or work or travel or whatever it may be, like how many cruises you've been on the last five years. I've been out of the country a couple of times, like just all the things that we got going on. The scheduling that we have is amazing. And then the second thing you got going is, dude, if we say six o'clock, you're on at six o'clock. If we say three o'clock, you're on at three o'clock. Like you do not miss the timing or the scheduling. And I think those are the two things that does every podcast in when they struggle. Yeah, I have to say that for all the differences there are between both you and I, the one thing that is absolutely on point for both of our personalities is organizational skills. We're very punctual. Like we're always there when we say we're going to be there. We always schedule when we say we're going to be. If there's a delivery date, then that date gets hit. 
that's the one thing, the one common trait that both of us share very much so. Now, everything else... <laughs> He's up for grabs and you're all fucked up. That's a little bit different, but yeah, but organizational skills, that is definitely a strong point for both Sonny and I. Well, both I'm a former manager and Sonny's a current manager. So, I mean, you know, we both, it's in our background. So, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? I've never seen a person use chopsticks like you to separate the sushi to see what's in it. It's like, dude, just eat it. It's awesome. (laughs) I need a fork and I don't trust sushi. There's certain things with sushi. I don't like anything they wrap up and try to disguise. I like my- So you don't eat burritos? I like my California rolls. I don't like uh, raw fish that much. (laughs) (laughs) A mess. (laughs) Vegas sushi. And he's like looking at it with the- I don't know what the what is that? What, what, what's that? What's, I just eat it. No, not just eat it. <laughs> not just eat it. I, I've just eaten a couple of things that have almost made me throw up. No, I don't just eat it. <laughs> you, you just eat it. <laughs> God. Uh, but oh. look, we've had some adventures over this five years, and hopefully there are many more adventures to come. I can't think of anybody else that I would want to do this podcast with. You've been completely the perfect partner for me over this five years. I'm super happy that I made the call to reach out to you. I'm super happy you accepted it. And here we are five years later and almost 300 episodes in and look at what we've done. And for me, I can think of tons of people I would rather do the podcast with, but they're not available, so I'm here. <laughs> ah, God love you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, for the listeners, I know there's been listeners that have been with us since day one, and I appreciate you hanging with us. Because, you know, the recording uh, style, I think we've always kind of done a nice job on the editing. Obviously, you do most of those edits. And uh, it's always been a good recording. It's never been like completely unlistenable. But over time, I think it's become more listenable. And I appreciate the listeners kind of hanging in there with us. Yeah, we've definitely gotten better and uh, developed a few techniques here and there. And we're in a good place. We're in a good rhythm. We have a good rhythm. And you've done a lot of editing yourself lately. And so that's been great. And your edits have been great and creative. And uh, you can definitely, I mean, if you listen for certain things within the episodes, you can almost tell who edits what episode from time to time. But I do the bulk of the work. Sonny is definitely doing a lot of it, uh, which has been very helpful. And and to be honest, has actually kept me in the game because if I was still doing 100% of the edits five years in, I'm not sure that I would still be doing it, to be honest, because like Sonny said, we both got lives. We both got other stuff we have to do. And there's been some times where it's been tight schedule for me. And if Sonny hadn't been able to do it, I don't know what we would have done. So... That's helped out a huge amount. We got lives and we got wives. Yep. And we love them too. That's right. (laughs) Happy wife means happy life. So that's what Sonny and I strive to do. And uh, we like being able to share rock and roll and still having a happy life. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So thanks for listening. For those podcasters that are looking for the secret sauce, I don't know what it is, but uh, here's what I would tell you. Schedule the podcast around your significant other. And you will have a lot happier time on the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) There's your public service announcement. There's many ways to do a podcast. Just make sure you put out one that's listenable. That's all. Thanks for listening. Here's to another five years. Sonny, 
Anything else you want to add before we get up on out of here? Nope. Thanks for listening. And we got five more years coming, unfortunately, for some of you. See ya. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it.